It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we're back into off-season mode. Last week was great, had a mandatory minicamp, plenty of content to talk about, but now we're in a five-week period where there's not too much going on here in the NFL and with your Carolina Panthers, but that's okay. You'll still get three podcasts a week. You'll still get all the content. We'll do position breakdowns here over the next couple of weeks, probably, and leading up until we get down to training camp. The Panthers get down there, really. I'm in Spartanburg, South Carolina, once again on the campus of Wofford College. One of the great traditions that we have here, and that's one of the positive things about the training facility blowing up there in Rock Hill and all the lawsuits going on and the bankruptcy filed by David Tepper in his um, real estate holding company is that we – Get to go down 85 South, which is always under construction, like the Panthers offensive line, according to Matt Rule, and get to check out the Panthers there at Wofford. So that will be fun to do in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, though, I'm going to need you all to subscribe to the show here on YouTube and on all your favorite podcasting platforms so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. So make sure to do that and make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. The best way to participate is either to at me, but really just go ahead and slide into those DMs and give me whatever question you have as it pertains to your Carolina Panthers, and I'll get to that on Friday. On today's show, Nick Carboni. He is the sports director over at WCNC here in Charlotte, the NBC affiliate. I go on with him every Sunday after Sunday Night Football to talk about the Carolina Panthers, and we also do a lot of other things throughout the rest of the year, like with the draft and free agency and all that, so going to do it different this way. Instead, I'm going to be the one asking the questions that Nick has been on the show. So we're going to talk to him as he was there last week at Mandatory Minicamp here in Charlotte, checking out what was going on with the team. Going to get his thoughts on Matt Corral, on Matt Rule, on Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Will he be a Carolina Panther? We'll get his thoughts also on Robbie Anderson, what's been going on with him, and on the Carlos Dunlap situation if the Carolina Panthers need to, in fact, add a veteran presence there opposite of Brian Burns as a edge rusher. So all that coming up right here after this message from our friends over at BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast experience includes engagement rings use code locked on that's code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to blue today is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, as promised, Nick Carboni, the sports director over at WCNC, Charlotte, the NBC affiliate here. And I just to let y'all know, we were already having a conversation. I completely it was forgot a good conversation. to. It was a decent, it was I'm a good conversation. Sure I ever conversate at that level ever again. It's lost to the world. No, it is. Um, okay, let's just get into it. We're going to talk mandatory minicamp, which just wrapped up in a very hot week. We went over how hot it was, and that's something that people Y'all didn't miss, miss much. Does, yeah. does it matter at all? We hadn't even really gotten to the, the meat and potatoes of the conversation. But to get into it, Robbie Anderson uh, made the headlines last week by tweeting out that he was con- contemplating retiring. Then on Thursday evening, he was talking about people need to stop being so negative and yada, yada, yada. But Robbie Anderson was barely a participant during mandatory minicamp after missing the voluntary OTAs, which Matt rule recognizes are voluntary. And he's not upset about that. We were talking about it before we even got on here about a lot of the guys, the veterans not being out there during mandatory minicamp. And those weren't guys that we're concerned about, but someone I feel like we might be concerned about is Robbie Anderson. And he seems to be pretty far behind the eight ball. As far as the new offense here with Ben McAdoo, the new OC, like how are you feeling about the situation here in Carolina with Robbie Anderson after, especially a horrendous year for him last season. Yeah, not only learning the new offense under Ben McAdoo, but what was the problem last season? Besides, you know, the offensive line and then the quarterback wasn't good. The timing wasn't there. Yeah, This is when you build the timing between a quarterback who's struggled, a receiver who's struggled in a new offense. And for Robbie Anderson, okay, you miss voluntary workouts. We see that you're, you know, because you're showing us that you're training on your own. And then to come in with, you know, hip soreness, I mean – Come on. It, it just it just doesn't bode well, I don't think. And to have all these questions that he put upon himself to come up in that news conference and credit to him again, he stood there and, and at least attempted to answer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he answered it, in his own special it's a distra- way. It, it, it is a distraction. It's a distraction. I, I don't know how much of a team distraction it is because I think the team is very much of just like, all right, Robbie's being Robbie, but it's a distraction to himself and to what he needs to do to get ready. So I'm not sure how beneficial it was for him to even be there for the three days because he barely did anything. And, uh, you know, we got a, we got a bunch of quotes of, of, out of it, you know, uh, including I'm here, ain't I, several times. And then also that number three looks saucier than number 11 on him. So, um, yeah, I didn't think it was a very good three days for Robbie Anderson. No, I don't think I've ever met anybody when asked about their job saying I'm here and I, and that was a good situation for the employer or the employee. And I don't really know how to feel other than just kind of confused about everything. It's like, dude, you didn't play well last year after getting an extension, having a career season back in 2020 when you first got to Carolina. And yes, he might've missed his portion of the offseason last year, the OTAs and all that, but it was the same offense. Now with a new offense, why would you not be here? It, it's just all just kind of puzzling to me, the whole Robbie Anderson situation. So we'll see how it all pans out in the future. Now, one positive, though, 
when we're looking at the wide receivers that were out there, it seemed to be Terrace Marshall, Christian McCaffrey, Matt Rule, everyone is speaking highly of Terrace Marshall. You were there. What did you see out of Terrace Marshall? Yeah, I mean, we saw the big play from Darnold to Terrace early on, the deep ball, one of the best practice deep balls we've seen Sam Darnold throw for whatever that's worth to you. Yeah, I think practice deep balls. Yeah, on the receiving end of it to have Terrace Marshall, who, you know, there were some – lofty expectations for what it was a second round pick yeah. last year just because physically he looks like he can be so good and he had a good offseason or preseason last year obviously got slowed up a bit by injuries the team wasn't doing well the offense was doing horribly all of those combined factors led to a disappointing relative to some expectations for Terrace Marshall Marshall Jr last year but i think he's going to have every opportunity to be the number three receiver. I think he's going to have an opportunity to talk about Robbie Anderson. Like he could grow into that number two receiver for this team. And I think that's exactly what they want. So you look at him in, you know, a June setting with the shorts, uh, not, you know, not a lot of bump and run off the line, obviously not full contact up front looked really, really good. So he's going to be somebody that we're definitely going to be keyed in on, on and training camp. And, you know, this, this team's had a lot of like, you know, there's always like the fun wide receiver stories in, in training camp, CJ yeah. Saunders, Kyle Wright, like guys like that. But like Terrace Marshall is a legit story heading into training camp because if he does well enough, I think he can have a really big role on this offense. I think he's going to have to. Uh, you bring up the, yeah, usually we waste our time and energy on these dudes who aren't even going to make the roster. Like Matt Rule's out there pumping up CJ Saunders once again. I, I just don't see <laughs> where his avenue, as long as Brand, like, is he going to replace Brandon Zilstra? Because, I mean, Zilstra can do everything. He can He's hold. An he can be athlete. a kicker. Yeah. I mean, he He's could actually – he yeah. stepped up and had a better season as the number three wide receiver last year yeah. than Terrace Marshall. So, I don't see how Saunders is going to make this roster. So, I'm glad we have someone like Marshall to actually talk about. Because this time last season, he was out in, like, a red uniform. Could not participate because of his coming off the knee injury. And yeah, now and it seems like he's going to have to step up and actually be the number two. Because I don't know about you – and everyone else listening, but I don't have much faith in Robbie. Like folks who listen to me know that I'm, I've been out on this dude for a while now. So if, if he decides to retire, wouldn't be great for the Panthers per se, just at the timing, but go ahead on man. But he also would lose like $17 yeah. million. So I don't think it would, it would that. be great. I think the front office, the coaching staff, they would love nothing more to, than to see Terrace Marshall jr. Who they selected. Yes. Grow into that number two role behind DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, that's why they brought him in here, and so hopefully he can get to that that position. So let's get into the quarterbacks. And I saw you tweeted out on Thursday, final day of mandatory minicamp, that your observations that it's very clear that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback on this roster, which I'm sure was met with a lot of dismay. <laughs> There's certainly plenty of adjectives. This I should have, like, <laughs> tweeted also the date, like June 16th dispatch from Carolina minicamp, like, could Matt Corral be better than Sam Darnold a year from now? Hell yeah. I think everybody hopes that he can. And I think that he absolutely has the tools and talent to be, but he's clearly by his own admission, not there now he's learning the playbook piece by piece. So it is Sam Darnold right now, but the team also clearly thinks it needs an upgrade because they continue to conversate with Cleveland. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing too, because Robbie Anderson's out there saying that the whole Baker Mayfield Instagram nah post was him defending his quarterback, which I, I don't know if you believe that. I certainly don't believe that at all. Um, but then I saw Matt, Robbie Anderson on the sideline last year that told me all he needs 
all I need to know. If yeah. you're not getting him the ball, it doesn't matter what quarter, what the name of the quarterback is. He's, you know, he might not be defending him. Just look at how he acted around Cam Newton and how he acted around Sam Darnold. And it's very clear how he feels about Sam Darnold. Now, a year ago, he was talking about the glow that Darnold had. I don't think that glow is there anymore, especially when it comes to their relationship. So we'll see how things pan out. But Matt Rule talked about how, you know, they they still believe in Sam and that they would evaluate things after mandatory minicamp. But we, we see the report from Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports, formerly here uh, working for the Charlotte Observer, used to cover the Carolina Panthers. And it just seems like it's never going to stop. But I, I just wonder now, like, mandatory minicamp's over. Joe Person... Yeah. Uh, of the athletic, he talked about how they had a soft deadline. Now, that doesn't mean it's, a, it's not a hard deadline, but it's a soft deadline. Where the hell that means that they were going to a mandatory minicamp. I never really felt like, well, if it's Tuesday, you had the report coming out. They're not going to get Baker in here in time to be a part of this roster during this portion of the offseason. Like now there's five weeks until training camp. Do you think that they're going to make any sort of uh, change or, uh, I guess, move, especially after seeing Corral and Darnold the last three days and really the weeks before as well? Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance Julian and I think there's I think I feel there's more of a chance than I did even before minicamp when the report came out when Matt Rule was asked point blank specifically on Thursday by I think Joe Person of the Athletic did Sam Darnold do anything to kind of make you think that he could be the guy and to stop you guys from pursuing other veteran quarterbacks Rule went the whole well we're going to evaluate every position and we could always use an upgrade at every position but Clearly, he didn't give Sam Darnold a ringing endorsement. He said, yeah, he's gotten better, but he didn't say there was anything that stood out to him so much that Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback for the Panthers on September 11th. He said he'd be one. He'd be their quarterback if they had a game on Thursday, which was June 16th, which, as we know, the NFL schedule does not begin yet. So I think there's absolutely a chance that they go get Baker Mayfield. I think that each side is definitely playing a waiting game to see where they can get the numbers to uh, the Panthers obviously want to pay as little of Baker Mayfield's 18.8 million option as they can, because they're already paying one to Sam Darnold, uh, which, you know, I don't think anybody's forgotten that. And the Browns, although Baker's clearly not going to play for them uh, ever again, I, I think that's quite clear, despite what happens to Sean Watson, they don't have to be in too much of a hurry either. They can wait to see if another quarterback gets injured somewhere else, and that opens the door and, uh, and lines of communication with somebody else. But I think there's very much a chance. I, I think the Carolina Panthers are doing everything they can, and they probably have a line that they don't want to cross. Uh, and, you know, the balance of, like, do we want to pay this much of the salary or will we just rock with Sam Darnold? I think they have a line in the sand, and they're trying to get Cleveland to go below. All right, I just feel like for me at this point, like I was saying weeks ago, you, if you're going to bring in somebody, whether it falls when he was available or it was going to be Baker or Jimmy Garoppolo, and even though Garoppolo with these shoulder injury wouldn't have been able to at least be on the field to get physical reps, he could get mental reps and all that. I just thought they should have done it already. At this point, I'm just kind of looking at is you got Darnold here. You brought in McAdoo to work with him. His evaluations have been pretty spot on. You got Matt Corral, who at some point maybe this season they might have to call upon. I just feel like they should just roll with the guys that they have. Matt Rule has said that, oh, okay, I know you, if I bring in a quarterback, can he bring any player? He thinks they can have the training camp portion and learn the offense. We heard, didn't we just hear Cam Newton on a podcast just talking about how he put himself in bad situations because he didn't have that offseason for him? How is Baker Mayfield realistically going to be ready to go and have a full grasp of this offense if he does not get traded for? Because at the very least, he, if even if he would have got if they would have traded week, he would have five weeks with the playbook. He is not gonna. He's not gonna have five weeks to play, but at point in time. So I don't know. I just sit there and I, and I think about 
at this point, they should just roll with the guys that they have. And would Baker really even make them – like, how much better would he really make this team at this point just with the limited reps that he would even get before the season starts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield's had to learn new offenses so many times, unfortunately, for him in his career. The same with Darnold. I think – yeah. And I think, you know, Matt Rule, you know, as much as he's tried to stay away from specifics about what they might do, said – that, you know, they could get a quarterback in for training camp and feel comfortable with having him learn the offense in that amount of time. I think Baker Mayfield is a clear upgrade over Sam Darnold. Uh, you can get into uh, organizationally long-term, do they want to do that as the fix? But I think he could come in and be savvy enough to pick up the offense and be ahead of Sam Darnold by week one. So, you know, I, I think – do the Panthers really want to go back to where they were last year? Does Matt Rule really want to go back to where they were last year and hitch their wagon to Sam Darnold, which, you know, they did in so many senses too early, especially yeah. financially, which Absolutely. is why they're in this mess. And, you know, previous to that with Teddy Bridgewater and then and then moving on from him probably too early. But, you know, I think it's a very real possibility. I think it would make this team better. How much? I mean, you know, maybe they're not 32nd in the ESPN power rankings. Maybe they're 28th, but – yeah, I think they have a good, young, talented roster. I think they improved the O-line. The defense should get a little better, uh, provided they add some pass rushing, whether that's from within or externally. So, you know, I, I think it could help improve the team, uh, you know, to from the five wins that they've had the last two years, for sure. Yeah, I, I do believe also. I said to people, if you've watched the two play, it's very obvious that Baker Mayfield yeah. is a better player. And let's not even talk about situations. Baker was playing in Cleveland. Like, the Browns are a horribly run organization. You want a so, playoff game for the Cleveland Browns. So, I know, know, and it's just – it's insane. And you can look at the contracts, and, and people are going to be like, whoa, how the hell is Baker Mayfield making $18.858 million? Like, well, this time last year it made sense for the Browns. How the hell is Sam Darnold making that? Yeah. <laughs> that, like it, that should be the question. It made way more sense for the Browns after they won a playoff game with Baker and were very close to going to the AFC title game yeah. to pick up the fifth-year option than it was for the Panthers to bring in Sam. Like, I do understand if you just break it down, okay, it's $11 million annual average, but it's still, in a way, kind of felt premature. And obviously, it's bit them in the tail, and it has not worked out so far. So, But either way, like, you made you got to lie in it. They, they decided that Sam Darnold was the guy to bring in, and they've tried to upgrade, like get a severe upgrade, and they failed at that. So going after Baker Mayfield just feels like much of the same. At the very least, they've drafted somebody in Corral to develop. But to me, it just kind of feels like you're still just trying to be super desperate and chase after quarterbacks who likely are only going to be a one-year rental and then be back here in the same situation next year. Now, at least they have Corral in the roster. We have no idea whether Matt Corral is the actual long-term answer. Yeah, I mean, develop Corral. Hope that the quarterback movement that's become a trend in the league year after year, offseason after offseason continues. That this is if Baker Mayfield doesn't work out. But the problem going back, I mean, I'm just looking at it like, yes, Baker Mayfield would help the 2022 Panthers, possibly beyond, uh, I think, above Sam Darnold. But if you go back, this team never hit the reset button because David Tepper refused to. Yeah. And Matt Rule, when he came in, refused to as well, or at least was following David Tepper's lead on that. So that's why they're in this position where they're constantly just like throwing darts at the wall, looking for that quarterback. Maybe eventually they'll hit it, but I don't know what's going to be left inside of the building on mid street besides David Tepper when they do. Yeah. I mean, to me, this should be their last opportunity. I know that rule and Tepper both talked about this off season. It was initially a five-year plan. No one wants to hear that. This fan base has sat here for 27 seasons and has never seen back-to-back -back winning seasons, which is very frustrating. So 
we'll see how it, it all pans out. Um, and the thing too about Baker, it's not necessarily if he's better than Sam Darnold. It's like, can he be the guy? And yeah. if he is, if he becomes the guy, like that, also financially, you, you got to pay Jeremy Chin probably next offseason and Brian Burns, and now add a quarterback contract. And I know Scott Fitter says he has a plan for all these things. It's real. I don't know how you can make. I don't know how you can plan for all of that. Yeah if you don't even know who your quarterback is so we'll see how it all plays out i just think at this point in time just stick with sam he was the three overall pick i mean baker yes two spots ahead of him but his team's already given up on him you said all these great things about sam last year go coach him and if you can't win with him then clearly you should not be coaching the nfl anymore which would be disappointing because there's a lot of people on that staff that you would love to retain and it wouldn't be great for corral to have to learn a new offense but that's just kind of the nature of the business. Now, the one thing they did do well this offseason, it seems like, is building the offensive line after last season's just was horrible. Now, they did have, what, 13 different starting combinations in 17 games. I don't care who you are. You're not going to have success if that's the case. Even if they had they stayed healthy, they likely would not have been a good unit anyway, but they would have been a, a lot better than what they were last season. Taylor Moten's back. They had Austin Corbett bringing Bradley Bozeman to compete with Pat flying. But the one thing I'm interested in, though, that came off of – the uh, interviews on Fridays or on Thursday was Brady Christensen. Could, could he start there week one at left tackle? Like they, they trade, they drafted Iki Iquanu. Everyone thought to be the left tackle. And that's the only spot that he's worked out at so far. But from my understanding, he spent a lot of time with the twos the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's certainly had his run with the ones and he's, you know, there's two top left tackles on this team and he's one of them. I think people are, you know, unnecessarily freaked out by that. Brady Christensen, you know, finally they put him at left tackle in the last three games last year, and he proved to be really, really strong. And he could be really, really strong at left guard. And Ike Mekwanu could eventually be really, really strong and be their best left tackle. He could also be a very good guard as well at the beginning of his career. So I, I just think overall this offensive line has improved so much. I think they've got a good – offensive lineman and Ike Aquanu, I think he's going to be their left tackle uh, very soon, sooner rather than later. But right now he's just a little bit behind Christensen. So they're giving Christensen some opportunities over there because who knows all the reasons they might need him there at some point. Anyway, I mean, it's the same thing with Matt Corral. It's June 16th. It's mini camp. These guys are adjusting with Matt Corral. It's like the mental stuff with Ike Aquanu. I think it's the physical stuff, both conditioning wise and, you know, not not to say he's unfit. He's certainly, you know, pr you know, in pretty good shape. But there's an adjustment there. And then it's the pass protection. I mean, he's going to see a lot of stuff that, you know, he hasn't seen before in college from these guys. And, you know, he was graded higher as a run blocker than a pass blocker coming out of college anyway. So he's going to have to start picking that up uh, before week one because he's going to have Miles Garrett. And it, it just gets uh, harder or, or as hard from there. I'm not too concerned about it at this point. Um, you know, the, the further the weeks go on into the season, if he's not out there at left tackle, I think that's where you start to worry a little bit. But if the offensive line is holding up, I mean, they've, they've certainly fixed a major problem from last year. And, and I, think it's, I think it's much better on paper than it was at this point last year. I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I also think in the interim, like it's a process, right? We keep hearing that from Matt Rule, the process, the brand and all that jazz. That hasn't really worked out. It's amounted to 10 wins in 33 games so far after two years. But we'll see how things play out this upcoming season. But is it really that bad if you think about it week one? Okay, Brady Christensen at left tackle, then elf line maybe at left guard. Like left elf line or, or Bozeman center guard whichever one and he got Corbett and Moten like that still seems like a pretty good offensive line to roll out there with again against Miles Garrett like do you really want your rookie 
left tackle right. his first game to be against a guy who's an all pro, like one of the highest paid defensive ends in, in football. Like, sure, Icky might do well. I'm going to say that Miles Garrett's probably going to win today there. And that's not me to say, like, Icky Aquanu is going to fall flat on his face and be terrible, like, in the first week. But it's a projection, really. Like, Icky Aquanu is supposed to be the long-term left tackle. But at, in the meantime, a Brady Christian's the best option for them, and they have other veteran guys like Elfline and Bozeman also there. That's not a bad thing. And I, and I, too, I think, too, look, it's, you got a rookie left tackle and a guy who didn't play as much as he probably should have last year in Brady Christensen. That's a lot of youth on the left side. Do you really want to start up your season with two young guys there on the left side of your offensive line? I, I don't know if that's what they want to, they're planning on doing, but we still have plenty of time to kind of figure it out there. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Now, one thing also, um, thinking about this team, as now I'm – going blank on what I was going to ask you just because we spend so much time. So and it was something you had said earlier. What did you say that I wanted <laughs> to talk about? Um, pass rush. Yeah, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got my mind back. Carlos Dunlap. He was in here this past week for a visit, a physical Justine Anderson reported that things went well. He's back down in Florida trying to figure out whether it's going to work out for him. Cause yeah. it's also the team has to want him. He has to want the situation that they're asking for. From what you saw, what you could even make out of with shorts and T-shirts, yeah, does it look like guys like Frankie Louvu, who talked to the media, and Marquise Haynes might be able to do it by committee, say if Dunlap ends up not signing here in Carolina? As far as yeah, replacing Hassan Reddick? You throw in whatever else Phil Snow can kind of come up with. I mean, you've got Jeremy Chin. You've got a bevy of good defensive backs on a deep room there that you can send in. Um, but, you know, you want to bring the pressure from up front as much as you can. And uh, we've seen flashes of Yitor Grossmatos before. He's pretty versatile. He's pretty talented when healthy. Uh, he needs to pick up the production, though. And Frankie Luvu, I mean, I think he can do all sorts of things. I think he can definitely be sent in after the quarterback uh, once in a while, but he's not going to replace Hassan Reddick by himself. So I-, I think the Dunlap, you know, workout and physical tells you that this team thinks they definitely need to add somebody. Yes. And I think they will. I don't know if it'll be Carlos Dunlap. I think it'd be a good addition. He's not what he was five or six years ago, certainly. And, and you don't, you might not start him every down or start him every game either, but he can certainly help with that production. So I think they will add somebody. Uh, Scott Fitter comes from the mold under John Schneider in Seattle, where, where they will wait till training camp to add a piece like that if they have to and see kind of how things shake out now that we're post June 1st, now that we're post mini camp as we lead into training camp. I think you will definitely see a, another name, probably somebody for probably like that Carlos Dunlap mold, somebody you've heard of before and been like, Oh, that, that guy, you know, he's been productive in the past and he can help. So I think they definitely need to add somebody it, it, is really what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah. those guys are good in spots. I think gross Matos has the most upside of any of them when it comes to pure pass rusher. Haynes has been a good speed rusher. Luvu has been flying around all over the place. Like I said, he can be sent flying at the, in at the quarterback once in a while, and they have other guys that can do it. But I think they need a one-year guy, a veteran that they can bring in and help Brian Burns out. Yeah, I mean, you would love to bet on your guys like Lou who, who came in here, and he said his mentality yeah. was to take somebody's job. Well, I don't think he's really taken anybody's job. He's landed on the job because the guy left, um, but he wasn't going to take Hassan Reddick's job. But he now has yeah. an opportunity to start. And Haynes, situationally, the last two years, has had seven combined sacks, so you know you can get something. 
something out of him. Like if they bring in Dunlap, they don't need half like he had last year in Seattle. If you can yeah. get six sacks, five and a half, like that's totally fine. Just be able to take the pressure off of Brian Burns, who's someone who's also going to be, there's going to be a lot expected out of him. He said he was pedo that PO that he hasn't been able to get double digit sacks and hopefully he can get to that point this upcoming season. So we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe a quarterback, um, maybe they can bring in an edge rusher. Who knows? Maybe they need to bring, bring in a wide receiver. Robbie Anderson decides to uh, retire after all. Who knows? But uh, be interesting to see what happens in five weeks' time. We do have a break, so stay cool, Nick, as you don't have to go outside <laughs> anymore and have to cover this team until, well, I guess, maybe you should stay outside and get prepared because it's going to be a hot one down there yeah. in Washington. I, I got to build off the three days that I just put in a mini camp because uh, it's, it's, it's as bad as that was, it's a different level down there. I mean, that's probably actually a great workout program, just being a, a media member here. Standing outside with camera gear, honestly, I probably lost five pounds. Well, so. congratulations on that. <laughs> um, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. He's a sports director for your local NBC affiliate, and he does a great job covering your Carolina Panthers, and I also pop on with them every once in a while on the Absolutely. telly. So. Um, check us out anytime that happens and over on YouTube as well. Nick, thank you so much, man. I probably won't see or talk to you until I guess in five weeks. So enjoy. That's it. the plan. Cause <laughs> you're going to see and talk to me a lot after that. It'll, it would only be seen. That's the thing I told people. If I'm talking to you or if I'm coming up here, having something to talk about typically, mm. cause it's going to be the doldrums of the NFL calendar year. And they've done a really good job. There's only, I mean, I guess the next, four weeks because then you have Ju july 15th the deadline for teams that have yeah. franchise tag players but really they've done a really good job of only having three four weeks out of the year where there's nothing going on so it helps me out for someone who has to do basically a daily podcast of, of an nfl team but if we do speak likely baker mayfield was traded for robbie retired or uh, someone got arrested <laughs> so yeah let's, let's hope it's they've not got, the latter got a few of those pending too so true gosh Ugh. <laughs> Well, hey, I need content, but no one, please, guys. Not like that. No, no one get in trouble. That's not what we really want. But, uh, again, I'll talk to you probably here in five weeks' time. And, um, guys, again, check him out, Nick Carboni. Thank you so much for joining us Thank here you, on Locked On Panthers. Fun. We'll be right back. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's Stanley Cup final between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to get their third Stanley Cup in a row. Major League Baseball and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great conversation there with Nick Carboni, the sports director for WCNC here in Charlotte, the NBC affiliate in the Queen City. Does a great job covering the Carolina Panthers and, well, all the sports that we have here locally here in Charlotte, North Carolina, the lovely city. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, um, at Nick Carboni, WCNC, to get all of the latest updates that they have over there 
at channel 36. In the meantime, y'all, that's going to be it for this edition of Locked On Panthers, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, and I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, who cannot talk, apparently, as my mind is fried. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube and on all your favorite podcasting platforms so you don't miss a single episode as we are back in off-season mode Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And every Friday... It's important for you to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you can at me or DM me to be a part of the weekly Friday mailbag here on the show. We do it every Friday unless there's a holiday. We will have it, the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. So get those questions into me now. In the meantime, though, take care, be safe, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.